Hey, Podcast Brunch Club. Before we begin, a quick thanks to our organizational partners, Podchaser, Critical Frequency, Audioboom, and Listen Notes. These are all companies you should look into if you're interested in great content and podcast discovery. They support and give back to the listener community. If you're an individual or an organization and you want to support the amazing listener community, think about becoming a supporter. Go to patreon.com slash podcast brunch club. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. We've now got over 60 in-person groups on six continents, so visit podcastbrunchclub.com to get involved. I'm Adela, the founder of Podcast Brunch Club, and I'm here with my co-host, Sarah De Silva, who is the chapter leader for our Houston group and the founder of Audible Feast, which is an awesome podcast review website. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. So if you're following along, you'll know that the theme for this month was language. The playlist can be found at podcastbrunchclub.com slash language. And there are episodes from The Hidden Brain, The Illusionist, Ologies, and 20,000 Hertz this month. So, Sarah, what did you think about those uh, the episodes? Did you have a favorite? I know you're a huge <laughs> fan of The Illusionist, as am I, Helen Zaltzman. Awesome. Yes, I am. And I remembered that episode on Tokipona from, I don't know, listening to it, I guess, when it aired. Or maybe, I don't know, sometime after. But I definitely remembered that episode. And I, I cannot picture like what brain of a person like can make up a language. That's so like amazing to me. I just could not believe that. And also, I thought it was interesting hearing about her motivation for why she wanted to create a language. And I don't know. I just thought like, oh my gosh, this is kind of like beyond me. Like, I don't yeah. think I, I can't, I can't understand like doing this, going down this path. Yeah. I liked it. I liked that episode, but I, I felt like out of my element or something. But I actually really liked the episode from ologies yeah. a lot audible feast readers will probably know i've written about ologies a lot i've never done a full proper review of it but i'm a science person so i love anything ending in ology um <laughs> and actually when my kids were babies these were the types of words i would say to them when i was up in the middle of the night oh my god i would like think of all the ologies that i could think of and i framed it in terms of the potential jobs that they could have in the future. So, oh, you might be an endocrinologist or what about an oncologist or whatever. So subliminal messaging, huh? Yeah, totally. So anyway, ologies is so cool because there are these sort of peripheral ologies that right. you wouldn't necessarily think it's not like something very uh, well known, I guess, or, you know, talked about a lot. And this one in particular, I thought was really cool that the study of language is it's an ology of course it is <laughs> so right. i thought especially the discussion around code switching was really interesting i've heard a lot about that on different podcasts and i really liked the example of how barack obama is 
just an excellent speaker and can kind of just subtly change the way he's speaking based on who he's speaking to or with and how, but it never seems like, well, to me at least, it never seems like forced or over the top or manipulative in any way. I just thought, I don't know, it was just really interesting thinking about that, how you definitely like almost subconsciously speak differently sometimes depending on who you're with. Yeah, for sure. And I thought it was interesting. Like they say that you mimic the person that you're talking to if you like them. Was it was it ologies that they talked about that? Or was it the hidden brain episode where they talked about if you like someone, you'll talk the same as them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like them, that you won't talk the same. Yeah, I don't remember either. But that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I also have a fairly strong accent, I think, or a pronounced accent. So yeah. I knew I was excited, of course, that we included a selection about accents. <laughs> yeah. Podcast Brunch Club and Audible Feast are big fans of 20,000 Hertz. So um, it was lovely to listen to another episode of 20,000 Hertz. Anyway, I guess overall, this was a huge home run playlist for me. Um, Yeah, I've been wanting to put together a playlist on language for a long time. And I've, you know, we have so many people who want to curate a playlist. And I'm always happy to have our members curate a playlist. But because we only do it monthly, I've got a line till. I, honestly, till next year, till 2020 already. So I kind of scheduled myself in there this this month and put together this playlist. And I was excited to finally give The Illusionist, you know, a slot because I always wanted to, but, you know, because I'm not curating the playlist, I can't, you know, it's not, it's not my choice. But, yeah. and I'm excited because you're going to get to talk to Helen Zaltzman soon, right? And I'm going to talk yes. to Allie Ward. From Ologies. I know. I know. These I'm are so excited. Um, pretty awesome interviews. I was telling my podcast brunch club folks this weekend, we met this weekend, I was telling them about the Helen Zaltzman interview and they were, and at least one person was like very, very excited. I don't know if everyone else knew The Illusionist, but um, I was yeah. like, yep, I'm awesome. I'm going to talk to Helen yeah. Zaltzman and I'm going to finally convince her to be my actual friend. I know. She's <laughs> awesome. And you know what's so funny is like a couple months ago, she was supposed to come to our Chicago Podcast Brunch Club meeting because she was going to be in town for Third Coast. And I invited her and it ended up not working out. She was very much planning on it, but I think she ended up, you know, post-conference exhaustion, I think, mm, just kind of yeah. caught up with her. So she couldn't make it, but it was going to be such a like celebrity moment <laughs> for some <laughs> of the people in the room. Yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah, I mean, and if, I mean, I would say for sure that The Illusionist, if you liked this playlist this month, that is a great, This, if you want to go in mega deep dive into language, The Illusionist is a, a absolute go-to. You can listen to any episode. You don't need to listen to them in order or anything and just mm-hmm. pick up at one anywhere and, you know, just check it out and just get another level into language. Why words are spelled the way they are, what are some of the origins of the words, and you would think that, I don't know, maybe on the surface you might think, oh, words are not that interesting, but Helen makes them very interesting. She definitely does. And you want to hear the funniest thing, so there's like, you just recently wrote the trifecta of Helen Saltzman, right? That yes. Your article on <laughs> Audible Feast. Yes. And then the funny thing about this is that when I reached out to Helen about, you know, be, being on this podcast... And I told her the other podcasts that were on the list. She was like, oh, and I, kn- I knew that she had featured the 20,000 Hertz episode on her feed because she was just like, this is so good. I'm not going to redo it. I'm just going to give an episode the 
evolution of accents she put on the ah, illusionist okay. feed. Cool. So there's that connection. And then she's like, and I'm going to be on Ologies with Allie Ward. <laughs> so Amazing. she's soon... Yeah, so that I was like, oh, she's like, now I just have to be on Hidden Brain. I was like, you should be on Hidden Brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so a couple of things. The th- funny thing about The Illusionist, right around the same time that she did Tokipona, she did one about brunch. So now I'm like, oh, I'm obviously going to have to listen to the brunch episode. <laughs> nice. And then the ologies, I'm just looking at her, you know, the the titles of her episodes for those of you aren't who aren't familiar with ologies it's always you know a different ologist on there so she's got you know regular things like microbiology things that you would you know thinkful think think about anthropology all these other things but then she has things like celentology which is the study of the moon mixology which is the study of cocktails <laughs> you know like like she just runs the gamut and it's so fun and she's hilarious Yes. She's so funny. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite ologies episodes is Pharaoh Equinology. It's about <laughs> trains. And it's, I don't know, you would think like, oh, why do I want to learn about trains? Oh, you do want to learn about trains. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's one about noses. And that one is also hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, just like these um, experts that she gets to, you know, agree to be on the show with her awesome she calls herself Dad Ward. Yeah. With her her dad puns and stuff. I mean, they they just go along so well with it and I mean, these I don't know. Don't don't ever think that um such subject matter experts or scientists are boring people because Allie Ward has found some super awesome hilarious people that go right along with her great jokes. It's a great episode. I love ologies. And you know, the funny thing about ologies is the reason I was turned on to ologies is because I had an interview for the podcast Brunch Club podcast with Rose Eveleth mm-hmm. back when we did, what did we do with Rose Eveleth? I forget. But we, ha- we had one of Flash Forward's episodes on our a playlist. So I interviewed yes. her. And at the end of the episode, I always ask people for what are their podcast picks. And she pointing me to ologies and that's how i found out about it awesome yeah i want to ask you one other question about the whole language Mm -hmm. playlist so there was a lot about how or if language influences thought Mm. and you know i i listened to quite a few episodes about language in my research to put this together Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure that i heard that it's like there are some people who just do not think that that's the case that language does not influence thought. But a lot of the episodes that we listened to talked about like how language does influence thought. And I'm just yeah. wondering, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I wish I knew more about like the neurology. Maybe we have to turn back to Hidden Brain. If, I bet you there's an episode of Hidden Brain somewhere about this that's yeah. even more um, scientific than the one we had on our list. But yeah, the concept of being bilingual in particular, like they always say, you know, kids can learn languages at a young age so much easier than you can as an adult and how you know your brain is so um moldable maybe at that young age and you can build that second or third or whatever language into your brain and to me that means it has to have Mm -hmm. an impact on how you think because it's like you're getting a whole other set of tools to express a thought. So, yeah. you know how in different languages you may not have a terminology that means what 
you want to mm-hmm. express in a different language. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to Latina to Latina. Uh, uh, there was an episode about that. And the host, Alicia Menendez, was talking about how there's so many times that she wants to say something, but it just doesn't translate. <laughs> and yeah. she's thinking of something in Spanish, but it just doesn't translate. And so to me, the bilingual piece of it, for sure, it means it has to have impact on how you think. Right. I think, yeah, for the bilingual piece, for sure. If I remember reading research, and this is a while back, so I don't know how much of this is true. But I do remember reading that if you're bilingual, that as an adult, you actually are both more creative and more logical, Hmm. which is totally two different sides of the brain, right? So because language has a logic to it, and because you know two different logics to, to, you know, to say it just forces you to sort of be able to, I don't know, switch a little bit easier Mm -hmm. and pick up these logical concepts and then creativity because probably you have two ways to express yourself and so there's it just kind of embodies itself with more creativity um more like i don't know questioning whether or not a language just even just one language influences the way you think you know Mm -hmm. like they were talking about that language i don't remember where it was but i think it was somewhere in the south pacific on hidden brain where Everything's about direction, right? Cardinal direction, north, east, west, south, or wherever. And so, like, you can't say your left leg. You have to say, you know, your northeast leg or whatever, depending right. on the way that you're situated and how that can change. And, and even she was saying that at some point it just sort of clicked as she was learning the language that all of a sudden she saw herself, like, as a little red dot in a landscape. And as she was walking, she was just seeing where she was going. And mm-hmm. so it did totally influence the way she thinks. Yeah, And, you know, I've heard that, you know, some languages, I don't know, I'm making this up, but like maybe there's a language that doesn't have a lot of words for love. And so does that mean either that society doesn't value love as much or that you can't feel it in the same way as, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. so interesting to me mm-hmm. that, that it's a possibility that depending on the language you grew up with, it could change the yeah. way you think. <laughs> like, so my dad is Israeli and my mom is actually British, but she knows Hebrew. And so they used to talk to them amongst themselves in Hebrew when we were little, but they didn't want to teach us Hebrew. My dad didn't you know, know the research or the research wasn't out there that you, know, you can learn two languages just as well as you know, the other when you're little so he wanted me to just he was like well you know I'd rather her be really good at English than so so in English and Hebrew but it still seeped in right like I still have this sort of ability to kind of understand and languages it's in and of themselves I have an easier time with I think than most people just because I've had a lot of access to it when I was younger Mm -hmm. and I remember when I was in seventh grade I was in Spanish like the first Spanish class I ever took and then went to eighth grade and they had us take a quiz at the very beginning just to see what we remembered. And they just had us doing like translation, you know, so vocab. And one of the words was white. And without even thinking about, without even thinking about it, I, I phonetically in English letters wrote out the word for white in Hebrew. Hmm. So I wrote, you know, white in, in Spanish is blanco. White in Hebrew is lavan. But Hebrew has its own lettering system. And mm-hmm. I wrote L-A-V-A-N without even thinking about it. Mm. I just compl- I didn't even look at the word and say, that doesn't look right to me. I just wrote it without even thinking about it. So it was just one of those things where I looked back on it. I was like, oh, my God, why did I? 
and I even now thinking about trying to say something in Hebrew, I get so mixed up between Hebrew and Spanish, hmm. just because those are my two sort of second languages. And I'm not an expert in either. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a weird, I don't know, there's a weird thing there. There's definitely I, some like brain wiring for sure. Yeah. So have you heard of Esperanto? Yes. So I really wanted to include an episode about Esper- Esperanto or some of these invented languages. I mean, I guess Tokipona is an invented, it is, I don't guess, it is absolutely an invented language. But Esperanto, for those of you who don't know, is this language that was, I don't know, it's probably for the some somewhere in the early, like 1920s to 1940s, where they wanted to just create this universal language and people around the world speak it. It's really kind of amazing. It's a very logical language. But I was listening to another episode about invented languages and there's something called like loge l-o-g-e something i forget what it is mm. but it's about logic and it's a math it's almost a mathematical type of take on language mm. that's so uber complex it's like the opposite of tokipona where the the inventor tried to make it super simple this person just wanted there to be absolutely zero question of what you were Hmm. saying so they created this whole way and like there's different words for and like and two you know i don't know what would compel you to want to make a language like you said (laughs) but especially one that's so complicated yeah but then obviously the people that are creating it think it simplifies something, you know, because mm-hmm. I think most of the languages that we have and it's, oh my gosh, especially English are so confusing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that, um, you know, someone creating or inventing a language now, the idea is to make it simplify something. And maybe it's right. not the number of words, but maybe right. it's, it's like that logic that you're talking about. Like if people understand the logic, then it's easy right. to just speak. Yeah. For sure. And it's like, like I said, the opposite of Tokipona, where they were talking about like when they did that thing at the end where they came together and had a conversation and she asked him, would you like some tea? And he answered like, sure, I'd love some coffee. Mm -hmm. And because there's only one word for like hot beverage or something. Yes. And that you have to kind of make a leap of faith and just and so you might be totally not talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it requires a lot more willingness to just be misunderstood a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So I want to diverge a little bit. I know, Sarah, that you recently had your Houston chapter meeting. Tell us how that went. We did. Um, you know, the Houston Podcast Brunch Club chapter has been going strong since January of 2017. So that is quite a long time now, which is wow. pretty awesome. You know, I, I can't believe it's been going on that long. We, we've had a couple of misses. Um, if anyone's familiar with Hurricane Harvey, that month we didn't have a, a podcast brunch club. But um, it's been really fun to, um, you know, get to know everybody. And we always have, you know, some new people here and there. So this month, we, we just met yesterday, as I said earlier, and we were talking about the February playlist, which again was the citizen science. And we had four new people come and it was so awesome. We had such a great discussion about just the concept of citizen science. And 
if you had listened to our episode last month, you heard that I have a lot of opinions about the concept of citizen science. Mm-hmm. So I was pumped to get back into it again and, um, <laughs> you know, share my frustrations and, you know, concerns with a whole new set of people who had listened to the same episodes as I had. So that was really cool. I think we generally agreed as a group that we don't trust ourselves to do citizen science. <laughs> I mean, we 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 might be able to participate to, you know, help take observations or collect data points or whatever. And a couple of the people had actually done or were currently involved in citizen science projects. So that was really, really? cool. But we decided we should probably not be designing any experiments. <laughs> um, mm. We would leave that to the experts and it was really interesting. We actually ended up randomly having three people attend who had jobs related to public health. So we had a great discussion about how there are some initiatives already in community health that I think it's called um, community-based... Participatory uh, research. Yes, participatory yep. research. That's CBPR. correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how that is like a kind of an ultimate citizen science And the goal is for the research to be designed by the community. But Mm -hmm. the one woman was speaking about how that presented some challenges. And then you have all these different opinions about how things should be done. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it it can be difficult to get traction. There's not like a necessarily a unifying force saying this is the direction we need to go in because it's based on what the community wants. So I don't know. It was really it was just like a really great discussion. I wish I I know that some of the groups did this and I think you guys did this at your meetup. I wish that we had thought ahead to invite the local biohacking or um mm. citizen science groups that are in Houston because while we were at Podcast Brunch Club, we looked some up on the internet and um we were like, "Oh my gosh, there's there's like groups here, of course." And mm-hmm. we also thought it would be super awesome to go to like a lab, like was profiled in yeah. one of the the episodes that we listened to last month. So anyway, I just, you know, of course, we always diverge and talk about our recommendations, which I'll get to in a minute too. But it was just like, this is why I love Podcast Brunch Club because I listen to this stuff and I hear it one way. And then the person sitting next to me hears it a totally different way. And then we actually speak about it rather than just Mm -hmm. me being in a bubble by myself and being like, oh, well, that was really interesting. Like I get to take it a whole nother step forward and you know, actually like think about it deeper in, mm-hmm. I don't know, this playlist in particular, I really enjoyed. So how was your meeting? It was awesome. Actually, we did find a local DIY bio group that we invited. And Caesar, who curated the playlist last month, he included, and I should have probably pointed it out more, you know, to everybody, especially the chapter leaders, but he included some resources at the end of the playlist. If you need to go and look at those, it's podcastbrunchclub.com slash citizen slash citizen dash science. But there's some resources down there where you can look and see where there's a DIY bio or citizen science group near you. So I found out that there's a meetup you know, on meetup.com. And I just reached out to the leaders of that meetup saying, hey, you know, I'd love to do a sort of crossover event. Do you think your members would like to come? And participate in the discussion and they were all in we ended up having 17 people come which is by far i think the 
biggest that we had before was like 12 or 14. And so this was obviously the biggest ever. And it was really awesome. It was it lent itself to such a deeper discussion about it because we had experts at the table and who could sort of, you know, because there were some questions we had and some things that didn't feel exactly right. They could either (laughs) just, you know, explain it more in depth to us or they could, you know, say, well, yeah, that's a reasonable fear. It was really awesome. And so I want to kind of, I want to start to do that a little bit more regularly with every month. So this month, I'm going to try and find some sort of language society or, you know, language group to invite to our meetup. And next month, we have a libraries theme. So yeah, I want to start doing that more often. Awesome. Yeah, I agree that that's something that we talked about in our group, just wanting to look more for groups like that that we could invite. So I definitely want to do that too. So my group had some excellent diverging topics, uh, podcasts that we could listen to. So they did my work for me this month. And (laughs) they, um, we talked about a few that we really liked. One of them is Punch Up the Jam. And Punch Up the Jam is about pop music. Um, Well, not always pop, pop music, but popular music. And they, they, these two comedians, these hosts decide they're going to rewrite the song and then (laughs) fix it, quote unquote, fix it. It's (laughs) hilarious. So they, they research all about the song. It's not always something that's recent. Sometimes they do something that's, you know, 15, 20 years old or whatever, and, or even older. And they look into like, okay, like what else was going on at the time of this song? Um, how could we actually quote unquote fix this? And then of course, in the end, they sing the new song and it's just really funny. So that was one in particular that a few people wrote down, you know, this is what we do every time you you have your phone out and you're like, oh yeah, I got to add this one to my list. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I noticed a few phones out with that one. Punch up the jam. I've listened to that a couple of times. I needed to give it, I need to give it some more listens. I think that um, I'm not maybe in the age demographic. I might be a little too old. Um, So it is funny. Punch up the jam is one good recommendation. Um, We also, we had a good debate about cereal, about the, the third season of cereal and whether people liked it. There was mixed, mixed feelings, but I personally really liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a little disjointed for cereal. I didn't think it particularly was serialized. Right. Um, That's you know, the name the, problem. Yeah. 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 It, um, and there was kind of some blanks or something for me. Like I felt like they would say a lot of times, oh, we're going to revisit this in a future episode. But then they never did. But I liked the third season of cereal, but I liked all three of the seasons of cereal. So we talked about that. And we also talked about Gravy, which is a show about food. One of the participants was from Alabama, I believe he said. And the show is about Southern food. It's from the Southern Foodways Alliance. And they talk about kind of like the history of some popular foods or um, I don't know. And it's just like Again, it's just a really nice show. They talk about what's involved in cooking certain foods. Uh, We talked about, in particular, an episode about home cooking and what does that concept mean? How has that evolved over time? Um, So yeah, 
gravy is good. They just uh, debuted a a new season and they dropped all of their episodes from the season at once. So that's oh, cool. pretty interesting. And then one thing that I absolutely love, so I personally recommend this as well, is The Dropout. And that is about Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of Theranos, who is currently under indictment for defrauding investors. She was this young wonderkind from Stanford who was a dropout and she started up this company that was supposed to be able to take this tiny, tiny, tiny amount of blood from a prick in your finger. And this these stations were going to be set up at these pharmacies all over the place, Walgreens, whatever. And the tiny, tiny pinprick of blood was supposed to be able to, <laughs> you were going to be able to run all of these tests from this tiny amount of blood. And the only problem was that that technology didn't exist. So mm. <laughs> um, they did a great job selling this to everyone. And uh, now now we're in the crime part of it. <laughs> so investigating what ex- what exactly happened, what she's going to be liable for, et cetera. But why I love the podcast is because they do an excellent job of talking to a bunch of different people involved in the whole history of the company. They talked to people who worked there. They talked to people who knew her before she ran the company. And a a couple of the things that are really awesome for me, they're super entertaining, is she had a relationship, this secret relationship with a guy who worked there. So Hmm. no one knew about it at the time. And it was fascinating. And she also has this voice that is like... it's unbelievable her voice is this is why this is a podcast this is why this is not a tv show because we do hear clips of her voice on on the show and she has this like it's it does seem very affected it's this very very low voice and you just have to listen to it to hear it but it's kind of like yes, my name is Elizabeth Holmes. And it's like very on purpose. And people will say, well, we've we've heard her speak otherwise. And, and, you know, most of the time she has that low voice, but sometimes she doesn't. She tried her damnedest to be exactly like Steve Jobs, uh, down to the turtlenecks and everything. So it's like super great audio. I think that it's really well done. And I really liked that one. So that was another one that we talked about in our... PBC meeting. Yeah, actually, that reminds me of a podcast I recently listened to. I was invited to be a guest, as you were, Sarah, on Episode Party, which was awesome. It was really fun. It's sort of a little bit like Podcast Brunch Club. Each person in the group, there's usually a trio, and sometimes there's more. But there's two hosts, Jack and Freddie, and then they invite a guest, and each person picks a podcast that the other two listen to, and everybody comes to the table and, and has a discussion about it. And I picked Help I Sexted My Boss. I know everybody has already heard me talk about it, so I won't do that again. <laughs> I think Jack chose something called The Gateway. Have you heard about it? Yes. it's. I'm literally listening to it this morning. This is on my list this morning. Oh, yes. funny. Yeah. So it's about Teal Swan, who is like a spiritual guru type of person Mm -hmm. who is on YouTube and has created like this whole thing around her methods for I don't know healing I guess but it's (laughs) it's very weird and very super um, creepy it is creepy and she's you know she she focuses on people who are like depressed and have suicidal ideation Mm -hmm. and 
talks about suicide in a way that isn't sort of a best practice, Mm -hmm. I guess. But the way you were describing the dropout reminded me a little bit about the gateway because you hear Teal Swan. Teal Swan is a big part of it. Like the yes. reporter got access to her and, you know, she is a she has a voice on the podcast. So it feels a lot less um, biased than some of the other podcasts that are a bit more investigative and don't talk to any the you know, the person involved or whatever. Yeah. So I, I I appreciate that about podcasts that are looking into somebody and then giving that somebody a voice, even if like the ultimate sort of message is this somebody is doing this horrible wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You still have to I don't know. You know, it's there's not as much leading I feel going on. Like like I felt a little bit like the Fatal Voyage podcast about Natalie Wood was mm-hmm. very leading. Like you mm-hmm. knew where the presenters thoughts lie you know he, right. he didn't feel like he was tr- even giving making attempt to pretend to be unbiased yep we'll have to talk about that podcast next next month so you can tell me yes, what you think definitely about it. oh yeah i'm i'm like halfway through i'm i'm binging the rest of it this morning so i can't believe that that that's the one that you brought up because that podcast is from last year and so i try to yeah. like stay really current with everything but um that's hilarious that that is the one that you mentioned and i'm it's literally what what i was listening to right before we talked so yeah that's awesome like you said yeah (laughs) yeah okay great well let us know definitely contact us anytime if you find a gem in one of those recommendations because that makes us super excited (laughs) we appreciate you joining us this month and we will be coming to your feed soon with more interviews with the creators of the shows on the pbc playlist And you can get in touch with us anytime through the Podcast Brunch Club or Audible Feast websites. Happy listening. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. I'm the leader of the Minneapolis chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club. I'm here with some info about everyone who makes this show possible. Most importantly, please rate and review the Podcast Brunch Club podcast on your podcast player of choice. Helps us out a lot. The music you heard today is downloaded from Free Music Archive, and this episode featured music from a longtime contributor to the Creative Commons community, Poddington Bear, with their song Elephant Walk. The ad music is from Mazel Ghana, with their song Paradise. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by the amazing bionic woman, Adela. Adela's co-host on the podcast is Sarah Da Silva, the leader of the Houston chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club and founder of Audible Feast. Audio editing is done by me, Steven Zampanti. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening!